Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Grab your Bibles and we're going to uh, be looking at a passage. Really, I think this uh, particular passage is the classic passage in God's Word uh, on the body. And so today we're looking at what God says about my body. And uh, so if you're here and you're going, yeah, well, I'm not really concerned about that. Uh, I'm really more in, in, you know, I'm really more intrigued with the spiritual. Well, it's all connected. I mean, if God did not have a purpose and a reason for our bodies, then we wouldn't have had it. Uh, he doesn't waste anything in his creation. And so we're going to look at uh, uh, God's prescription for physical health. The truth is, is that you already know what to do. Uh, it's not rocket science. Um, we've got to, uh, you know, we've got to watch what we eat. Uh, we've got to move it. Uh, got to get moving. You know, move it, move it, move it. You know, that kind of stuff. Get proper sleep, lower stress, a little bit more rest in our life. Uh, and, you know, some basic stuff. But really what I want us to do today is look at the motivation. You know, the motivation, the why. The reason often that we don't do things, we don't do what we ought to do. We do what we value, Right? You know, there's a lot of things that we feel like we ought to do, but it's, we do what we value. And so we're going to look at the motivation. And, and when we figure out the why uh, in our life, you know, God will show us how to do it. And so God um, really speaks to the body and the importance of our body. And so we're going to look at some areas for our health today uh, as, as we share. And uh, that some of these you're not going to find in a nutrition book. All right. So if you don't have a Bible, you can raise your hand. If you want one, there's a big, good-looking guy in the back that'll bring you one right now. But you got to raise it high. Not here because he can't see you. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. All right. Now, also, uh, then I want to invite you to grab the uh, insert that's in your bulletin uh, to, to follow along with me uh, as we do that. Um, and uh, you can hold on to these. They'll be valuable. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 uh, and read this particular passage together from, from the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 12. You ready? Here we go. Paul says, Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy them both. Well, what, God, what he's saying there is that these aren't going to last. Um, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By His power... God raised the Lord from the dead, and He will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ Himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. 
But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, we thank You for this day and this opportunity that we have just to come uh, together. And uh, Father, I pray that You would enable every one of us to comprehend the reality that we're not just here for information, but to, to encounter You, to experience You. Your promise is when we're gathered for your purpose that you are here. So we thank you for being here. We earlier sang praise to you and songs of praise. And now, Lord, we want to, to worship you through receiving your truth, your words of life, and allow them to encourage us in our life, but to draw us closer to you, to, to experience the true identity that we have when we come into a relationship with you. Now, Father, open our hearts and our minds to receive uh, new insight or maybe to allow you through your Holy Spirit to, to redirect our focus, things that we may take for granted, things we just uh, we do without thought to, so that, Lord, that we can know and be all that you would have us to be. Be glorified today, I pray, through our response in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so what we're going to look at, and we're going to, I'm going to try to go fast. You know, I talked slow being from L.A., but uh, six radical countercultural uh, things about our body that this particular passage talks about. So you ready? Here we go. Number one, what God says about my body. God expects me to manage my body. God expects you to manage your body. He says here, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible. In other words, we've got freedom to do anything. But he says, I will not be mastered by anything. Now, what he's saying here is that, you know, some things, you know, are not necessarily wrong. They're just not necessary. Um, we're free to do whatever we want, but not everything is beneficial. He, Paul is saying, I'm not going to be mastered by anything. I'm not going to let anything dominate me. I'm not going to be addicted to anything. In other words, you know, there are some things here that what God wants us to know is that, you know, our stomachs are made for food and food for our stomachs, he says, but these, these aren't going to last. They're not going to last forever. That's not the real reason that we're here and that God created us. Um, and uh, what he points out there is that uh, God wants us to worship him through managing our bodies. Um, so what he's saying right here is that, uh, you know, God is the owner of my body. I'm not. Um, the word uh, that's taken from the word uh, steward or stewardship in the old English is just that of management. So what we're saying here is that we can't blame anybody else, you know, for how we use or misuse our body. My body is a gift from God. Some of you going, well, um, I got the booby prize then, you know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, don't. You're, your body is a gift from God. 
And you're going, wow, yeah, but my body's not. No, 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 your body is a gift from God. No matter all the genetics and all that kind of stuff, everything that we experience is a gift of God, and He wants us to steward those bodies, our bodies for Him. God owns our bodies, and then He loans it to us, and then we have at it. What God does, He says, I want you to manage your body. I want you to manage it, and I'm going to tell you how to do it. Number two, my God, my body is uh, uh, God's property. My body is God's, you know. Um, the, and, and really, in America, those are fighting words. You know, we were taught growing up that, you know, my body's my own. I'll do with it whatever I want to do. Uh, and God says, no, that's not the way I created you. You know, uh, your body, my body is God's property. And everything that we see has been created by God. Everything that we see here created by God. His property. Look at this next verse. The body is meant uh, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. In other words, it's saying that I don't have a right to share my body with anybody, with anybody without God's permission. That's a radical concept in America and our culture. You know, I can do no. He said, no, you are mine. Yes, your spirit. Yes, your soul. Um, what Americans often do is that we make mistakes uh, that the Greeks did, uh, which was called dualism. You know, back in the day of Aristotle and, and Plato, uh, the, the Greeks believed uh, that, you know, we separate the mind and the spirit. And, and matter of fact, you know, it's like as long as me and God are okay here, it doesn't really matter what I do with my body. Matter of fact, there was teaching that the body is evil. There was even the belief that the body was evil. But the, the Bible says that's absolutely false. Your body is not evil. Your body is holy because what? Because God made it. And everything that God makes, He has a purpose for. God never made anything without a purpose. So He's saying, don't compartmentalize your life by saying, okay, it's, as long as me and God are doing here, what's going on in my body doesn't really matter. He said, oh, they're connected. They're connected. All right, number three. Boy, I'm surprising myself. My body will be resurrected after I die. Okay? My body will be resurrected after I die. Uh, God never wastes anything. He never wastes a hurt. You found that to be true, right? God never wastes a hurt. As a matter of fact, he, uh, the hurtful things in your life, He can take and use and redeem them. Uh, that was the case as far as Joseph. You know, the things that you did to, uh, intended to harm me, God used for good. You know, God doesn't waste anything, not the hurts in our life. What, what we find out is that God was the original author of recycling. You know, God, he's a recycler. Did you know that? Wow. Yeah. Uh, so now some of you are feeling more godly, right? You know, <laughs> you're a recycler. Uh, you know, God says, you know, you think this body, you know, the, that I gave you, it's just it's going to just be over. No, no I'm going to recycle it. I'm going to recycle it. See, right now, you and I are living in version 1.0, right? Version 1.0. In heaven, we're going to get version 2.0. That's good, right? How many of you are looking forward to that? 
You know, some people think that whenever we get to heaven, you know, we're just going to be floating around, you know, and uh, some spirit up there. And um, other people think that, you know, ah, I'm going to get my wings and be angels. Uh, that's not true. Uh, angels are angels. People are people. You know, that's not going to be the case either. Uh, you know, you know, the pictures of the white robes and wings and playing a harp and sitting on clouds. And I'll just tell you something for me. I can't think of anything more boring than that. I, I, that's, not, that's not what Scripture talks about. You know, why is heaven always depicted, you know, with just white, whiteness? Huh? I mean, who do you think created color? God did. Um, who do you think created taste buds? God did. Who, who created all the sights and sounds uh, and the music uh, that, that, that we hear and enjoy hearing? God did. He created all this beauty. And if the world that we are living in is broken and it's this beautiful, just think what heaven's going to be like. Can you imagine? I can only imagine. I will tell you this. I, I, I feel pretty good about this. That... At Christmas time, I won't be just white lights. They're going to be multicolored lights, okay? <laughs> it's going to be multicolored, you know, up there. So, all right, just saying. All right, look at what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 6.14. By His power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and He will raise us also. He will raise us also. We see here just how important our body is. And God is saying to me and you, I'm not through with you yet. I'm not through with this. I'm going to resurrect your body. And, you know, we're thinking, oh, yeah, but they're getting old. And then, you know, once, you know, we die, they're going to decay and all that kind of stuff. No, but listen, if God created it all, he will take, he will take your body. He will resurrect it. That's an amazing thing. Version 2.0. It gives us a little bit of insight as far as, you know, what our resurrected body will be like. We don't fully know that, but we know that Jesus, after uh, he was resurrected, he walked around Jerusalem, you know, for 40 days. He encountered people, uh, but there he had some... Um, Capability in his body, people recognized him, but capability in his body to almost dematerialize because he would just be able to get into a room without going through a door. And that's something. That's kind of like Star Trek or something. You know, I don't know. That's, that's pretty cool. But what he's saying here is that our bodies will be resurrected after we die. And, and, and I believe that there will, the, the Bible helps us to understand that, you know, uh, just as everybody recognized Jesus, when we're in heaven, we're going to be in this perfect form, no longer the aches and pains and all this, version 2.0, but we will be recognized and we will be with Him. Whatever perfect is, that's what we'll be. But I want you to circle this one thing, that those first three words are just four words. By His power, God. Just circle that on your notes. Uh, I, I think this helps us to understand some of the reasons why we don't follow through on a lot of things in life is because some of the mistakes that we have. I've got them on the screen here, but they're not in your notes, so you'll just kind of look at some of these things. Uh, some of the reasons that, that we don't follow through when it comes to our health, when it comes to our bodies, when it comes to uh, healthy lifestyles, when it comes to disciplines and things of this nature, here's some mistakes we make. We rely on willpower instead of God's power. 
You know, everybody uh, talks about your willpower. You don't need to try to, you know, ramp it up and have great will. No, it's God's power. Willpower takes us for a little while. But, you know, once we get tired and, and kind of let go, our brains flip us back to autopilot and we're going in the opposite direction. We don't need to rely on willpower. We need to rely on God's power by His power, God. Second thing is we have the wrong motivation. A lot of times we, you know, uh, when the goal is just all about me, myself, and I, uh, you know, I mean, that'll take us so far. But God says, I want to take you to a deeper motivation. I want to take you beyond yourself. I want, I want you to have something much bigger than you and what's going on with you. You know, um, you know, those times, you know, we just say, oh, I'm going to go on diet so I can look good or I can feel good or, you know, I can live longer. Those are, those, are go- those are good. Those are legitimate. But God says, I've got even a greater purpose for you. I've got, I want you to understand a deeper motivation. There is this deep spiritual significance when it comes to our life and healthy living, and God wants us to understand that. Third one is we try to do it our own. We try to change on our own. Um, uh, we were made for community. We were made for relationships. God wants us involved in relationships and to partner with others. And you go, oh, that's so private and all that kind of stuff. No, no. I mean, that's the way God built us. You know, that's one of the reasons we're saying it's so important during this, in the Daniel plan, not just for the Daniel plan, but especially during this, to be in a group. If you're, if, if you're not in a group, uh, let us know. There's, there's an insert in your program that lets you know the groups that are going on and when they're meeting. You can take a look at that. Talk to some of us. We'll help talk you through to see what group may fit you. All right? So it's just so important that we do it um, with others. We're better together. Say that. We're better together. All right. I like that. Okay. All right. Number four. Number four, God wants us to understand my body is connected to the body of Christ. Wow. My body is connected to the body of Christ. Look at that verse. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside of his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Our bodies are God's. And so this really is putting our bodies in a special class because it's saying here that whenever we are not doing right with our bodies, not only are we sinning against God, but we're sinning against ourselves. And we're connected to God. You say, well, how does, how does that help me when it comes to me getting up and going to work tomorrow? Listen, all of this ties together because it gives us a basis and understanding of how important every aspect of our life is and how much what we were singing about, faith without borders, trust, was it trust trust or faith? Trust without borders? How we trust God in every aspect, every decision that we make. Not just in how often we read our Bible or you know how much uh, we try not to do certain things. Every aspect. All right, number five. We're going to move on. The Holy Spirit lives in my body. This is what God wants. We know that. You know that. If you've been walking, you know, with the Lord and, and spending time in His Word, God's Spirit lives in my body. Do you think of that that often? You know, 
I mean, just imagine it. Sometimes he's looking at me, going, "Stop! What are you putting in there?" You know, you know. God's spirit lives within here. Um, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You know, whenever we study history of God and uh, on earth, He's always had a dwelling place, right? He's always had a dwelling place. Uh, first, he dwelled in the tabernacle, you know, designed by specific, real detailed uh, uh, specifications, you know, by Moses. Later on, uh, he gave David, you know, these instructions as far as the temple and, and his dwelling there. And today it's here. It's in me. It's in you as we receive him as our personal Lord and Savior. So... Here's the deal. You know, if you were walking down, if you were driving down the street and you saw some people just uh, with big old rocks and, and bats and stuff and they were just knocking all our windows out and doing graffiti all over our walls like that, would you think that would be wrong? Would you, would you kind of, would you, either, would you either tell them not to do it or call the police, would you? Temple, synagogue, church, you know, you go, no, that's just wrong. You know, and we go, we, we, we just shouldn't do that. But we, we kind of are guilty of vandalizing the temple all the time. Right? You go, I don't want to hear about that because, see, I grew up in the South and I grew up on fried chicken, collard greens, cornbread, and all that kind of stuff. No, God's saying, listen, I've got something I want you to know. And by my power, I will enable you to experience me more, to know me better and to love me more as you are just mindful in all aspects of life. Amazing stuff. Number six, Jesus bought my body on the cross. So these are all six things about our bodies. You know, Jesus bought my body on the cross. That's one of the things he came to do. Jesus bought your real estate. That's what he did. And uh, he, he, he says, it, I had to pay a big price for that. Because you know how much you're worth? You know how your value? Well, look at Christ and what he paid for. He's saying, Daddy, you are so valuable. You are worth so much. Stop minimizing. Stop all this defeated talk to you. Listen, you are precious and prized to God. And God wants to do amazing things in your life and in your body. You know, one person kind of put it like this, and it stung a little bit. It says, you know, Mikey, you know, if you, if you own, you know, like <clears throat> this, you know, grand champion steer, which is something I really wanted to do whenever on the farm, you know, I used to raise steers. I used to raise these cows and show them in the area, the county, and then the state show. <clears throat> and I always wanted to have a grand champion. I got as high as a reserve grand champion in the state. And, you know, I would have gotten grand champion except for one of our hands that helped us out was a you know, just loved animals and all that kind of stuff, and he just wasn't aware that you had to be careful what you fed these animals, or sometimes it would bloat them. And so then he snuck some hay in there, you know, the night before the show and bloated up my steer, and it's like, ah, but I couldn't do say anything to him. If you, if, 
if, if I'm treating a steer like that, knowing you've got to be careful what you, you're feeding them, God's saying, I want you to understand that you, you're worth more than a grand champion cow. You know, okay, so it matters so that we can live in a way that brings you honor and glory. Paul says this in Romans 12, 1. Next verse here on your outline. He says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. We've read that many, many, many times, right? He didn't say offer your soul. He didn't say offer your mind. He's saying offer your bodies. Offer your bodies. We can't serve God except through our bodies. You know, he... He wants us to be right with Him in, in, in our heart and in our spirit, but we serve Him through our bodies. You know, have you ever heard somebody say, hey, I can't be there, but I'll be there in spirit? You ever heard this? You, ever, you probably said it, right? You know what that means? Nothing. Because <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> your spirit can only be where your body is. Now, God's another deal, you know. Uh, your thoughts may be there, but no, you're not, you're, you're not there. Um, so he's just pointing out that taking care of our body is a, a spiritual act of worship. So um, I can kind of summarize these six things like this, you know. As, as your pastor and as elders and as leaders and as our church members, we've come together, God kind of bubbled up, you know, just a leading toward this Daniel plan. And he did it for a purpose. And it's not to, to get us all better looking because it would be kind of hard for most of us to get that much better looking. I'm just telling you, I'm looking, I'm looking at you, you know. It's not for that. It's so that we can offer every bit of our lives to God and just say, God, just do something that you want to do. He's always at work. And there are some things that He can teach me and you uh, through what we encounter through this time of the Daniel plan. So I invite you just to jump in wholeheartedly. Uh, <clears throat> based on these, on these six things that we just talked about as far as our body and what God teaches us about our body, um, <clears throat> you know, it's just more than us feeling better and living longer and all that kind of stuff. These two go together. It's a spiritual discipline. What we're going to be doing is, is a spiritual discipline that allows us to... to uh, be used of God in a greater way, to know God in a greater way. <clears throat> so, you know, we've, you've, often, you've often heard people say, hey, if you, you don't know what to do, just uh, uh, consult the owner's manual. Well, th this, is, this is the owner's manual. When it comes to health, when it comes to our body, when it comes to every facet of our life, this, God provides us with his word. And here's what he says in... In uh, Psalm 119.73, next verse there, it says, You made my body, Lord. Now give me sense to heed your laws. Will y'all make that your prayer this week? Would you, would you just say, Lord, you made my body. Now give me sense to heed your laws. And here's the deal. There's so much stuff in here as far as what God has to say about our health. There's all kind of health promises, all kind of health principles, uh, all kind of health programs right here in God's Word. You know, we're going, 
Does that really? No. God cares about our whole bodies. Look at this next verse in Deuteronomy 32, 47. These instructions are not mere words. They are your life. By obeying them, you will enjoy a long life in the land. There is so much in God's Word that helps us to understand that He cares about every facet of our life. You know, and if I were to get up here and say, hey, you know, I've got this uh, new pill uh, that I just discovered that will help you live substantially uh, longer, you know. And uh, by the way, it's only, you know, uh, $19.95. Oh, but wait, I'll add some Jinsu knives, you know, all that kind of, you'd say, okay, sign me up, you know, because it's going to help me live longer. Well, the, we don't need it. Why? This is it. This is the prescription. This is God's word for us. And as we as we look at this, uh, there's promise after promise. He's saying, if you do this, I'll extend your life. If you do this, you'll have a healthier life. There's so much in here that he's saying, I want to bless you with. It's amazing as I look, as, as we've been preparing for this, it's like, wow, there is so much. By the way, I, I, I looked it up. 75,000 Amer 75, Americans now are over 100 years old. Isn't that crazy? Uh, which it means it's probably likely that you're going to live longer than your parents. But the question is, is what's our quality of life? You know, what quality of life? The Bible tells us that Moses, he, he says he was sharp and that he was full of health until the day he died. And that's what God is wanting for me and you. You know, and it's not one to say, oh, I'm condemning you because of this, this. No, no. Jesus says, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. So it's just a matter of saying, God, you're God and I'm not. And I'm going to let you be God in my life. Uh, I was telling somebody the other day, I was uh, also looking up. It says the healthiest place to live in America. Do you know the healthiest state? Anybody want to shout it out? <laughs> Healthiest state. How about where they kind of hang loose? Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Okay. Relax. You know, hang loose. Uh, and then I found out I was telling, where are they? Okay. Uh, where's Ken? Where's Sarah? Sharon? Okay. This, the second healthiest state. Minnesota. Can you believe that? Minnesota. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, do you know where they said the worst, the worst, the 51st place to live? Yeah, that's ugly. Alabama? Who said that? Washington, D.C. All right. All right, so, Carolyn, be careful up there. We can pray for you. All right, Proverbs. Let's look over at Proverbs. Just give you an example as far as like this book right here is just filled with promises. And God just saying, oh, come on. You know, it's just, I love you so much. I want you to know this. I want you to know this. I want you to experience this, all that stuff. Um, Proverbs 3. Uh, a um, very familiar passage for most people, but look look what he says. Verse 1, My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart. And then what does he say? For they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. There he's, there he's talking about 
our, our life, our bodies, our health. And then he goes to, to give us further insight into this. Verse, uh, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Well, what is it saying there? It's saying, just, I want you to, I want you to just have this trust without borders to relax, you know, to, to let me do it because I want to do it. Trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Then he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Hmm. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruit of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will bring, oh, brim over with new wine. So several things he's talking about in that passage. Number one, he's talking about living a kind of a, a tranquility, a tranquil life. Don't try to figure it all out. Just trust God. And then he's talking about just living a life of integrity. Uh, he's talking about humility. He's talking about generosity. All of this as it pertains to our health and our bodies and our lives. Huh. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? We cannot ever say that they are not connected. Our spiritual lives and our physical lives. To live a life of tranquility, integrity, humility, generosity, it says you're going to be in better health. There is this connection. So let's look at four things just based on this passage. Okay, there's a whole lot here, but just four things, just cherry picking here, that are good for your health, that will help you and me be healthier. Four things. Number one, trust in God. Physically, you'll be healthier trusting God. See, we're going to worship or we're going to worry. Uh, we're going to either pray or we're going to panic. Uh, and if we don't pray, then we're going to panic. Uh, and if we worship, uh, there's going to be a whole lot less worry in our life. Trust God. I like what this verse says. I said to myself, relax because the Lord takes care of you. And that's what he's saying to a lot of us. Stop. Slow down. Relax. Proverbs 14, uh, 30 says, a heart of peace gives life to the body. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy, envy rots the bones. So it's not just what we eat that matters. It's what eats you. And, you know, he's saying here that we, you can have the best microbiotic plan around and, and eat fresh and healthy uh, and organic and proper proportions, and you can be so squeaky clean on that that Anna never knocks this whatever you've got in your hand out of there because it's bad for you. You can just be right on target. But he's saying this, if you've got resentment in your heart, or if you've got envy in your heart, if there's a bitter root in your heart, or if there's unforgiveness in your heart, and if you're not at peace with the people around you, it's what's eating you. Trust God. Follow what He has to say about this. Number two, trust in God. Next, confessing sin. Wow, that's healthy. Confessing sin. Uh, it, you know... You can't repress it. You can't suppress it. God's saying, I want you just to, I want you to express it to me. If we, don't take, uh, if we don't talk it out to God, then we're going to take it out on ourselves and other people around us. Look what David said. He said, when I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable. 
and I groaned all day long. I was weak, miserable. I wasn't happy. My strength evaporated. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Hallelujah. Confession. And, that, you know, that's one of the things the Spirit's saying to you right now. You know what? You're just, you're just being prideful. And you're just being stubborn. And you're trying to justify yourself. Just lay it out. Acknowledge what I'm saying to you because I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to give you life abundantly. Confession. Confessing my sin. Uh one of the uh, healthiest things that any of you can do if you don't know Jesus is to experience His forgiveness in your life. You want to feel better? Acknowledge what Jesus has done for you on the cross and demonstrate His love for you and then acknowledge your need for Him and just trust Him, receive Him into your life. Wow. Amazing. Number three, generosity. Giving generously. It says it's good for your heart. Every time I give, my heart grows bigger. Every time I give, I break the grip of materialism in my life. You know, people, you know, go, I'm not materialistic. Okay, bring out the checkbook. Let's see where the money's going. And if it's all direct, most of it's directed toward me, I don't know. See, there are more promises in the Bible about giving and generosity than any other subject. Because God said, I want you to learn to be like me because I am in you. I want you to reflect that in everything that you do. Every time you give generously, uh, you give away instead of keeping and hoarding, you are healthier. It's interesting that the word miser and miserable come from the same word, miser and miserable. Um, God's saying... Look what he says here. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Hmm. All right, number four. Y'all going to like this one. Having fun. That's healthy. Having fun. Yay. Can I get a yay? Yay! Um, uh, the... Uh, the Bible says life is meant to be enjoyed. God wants us to enjoy Him. Uh, he wants us to enjoy life. He created, the Bible says He created all this for our enjoyment and for His glory. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Mm, that's good. He who laughs, laughs. So uh, I can tell you from personal experience, uh, if you learn to laugh at yourself, you'll never, number one, you'll never run out of material, you know. And uh, it just keeps on coming. But, you know, there, just don't take yourself too seriously. Because if you do, then you're, you're going to become so introspective, you're not going to have the freedom to trust God. Let him, let him release you, you know, and then you can. And you don't have to be so defensive and so guarded. Mm, good stuff. All right. How about those four things? Can we start there? All right. We've been talking about our bodies and what God has to say about our bodies. 
And I just want to remind you this morning, you know, this isn't a checklist for us to get in there and prove anything. No, this is an opportunity for us to come and offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Okay? And say, God, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? And it may just be one or two things. It may be just some decision of humbly bowing before God and, and getting right with Him or getting right with somebody else. It may be uh, saying, okay, God, this is kind of not my wheelhouse, but you know, I'm going to get in there with some of these folks. We got some walkers and we got some yoga and we got the Daniel dudes and they'd be glad to work with you. I can recommend one of them. I'm not sure about the other one. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's Pico or Degayo. I don't remember which one. Um, you know, but it's uh, just just take a step of faith. You know, get out of that comfort zone and, and let God show you what He's wanting you to know and experience. But the main thing He's going to have you experience is Him. All right. We're talking about our bodies, offering them to God, and it's it's quite appropriate as we launching into the Daniel plan that we come to the Lord's table where we're reminded of His body that was given for us. He said, I'm giving this all for you. And uh, to be able to share this together, you know, Jesus, as He shared this with His disciples, um, and he, the Bible tells us that He took the bread and he, after he broke, he said, this is symbolic. This is my body given for you, given for you. So we have an opportunity today, if you know Jesus, if you trusted Jesus, uh, to come and declare that I'm going to rely on his power. Not my willpower, not my all to, but I'm going I'm to come and I'm going to acknowledge Christ in me as the hope of glory. And I, I'm going to take that hard step of, of not being so proud or whatever it is. I'm going to let others in on some of the things that maybe I've been struggling with or reluctant about or just don't, not even care about. Jesus said, I want you to, to acknowledge this, this body given for you, given for you. He gave his all for me and you so that we could experience life and abundantly. And it says in the Bible that he also, he took the cup when he was with him, and he says, this cup is symbolic of the new covenant, of his blood that was shed for us, that cleanses us and makes us white as snow. So I want to give each of us as an opportunity, it doesn't matter your church background, but if you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and you want to declare that, hey, you are His, and that you do want to receive His life and His power in your life so that you can have all that He promised you to have, we want to invite you to come with us and celebrate at this table. I'm going to ask our guys to come forward, and we're going to have two guys over here and two here, and each will have these elements. One will be uh, the bread. And so uh, after just your prayerful time of just kind of committing yourself to the Lord, you'll take and break off a piece of the bread, and then you will uh, go and then you will dip it in the cup. And this is an opportunity, again, for us to say, I want you, Jesus, to be Lord and master of all my life, and I want to do uh, life with these people that you've given me. Uh, for this period of time. Be glorified in it. Let's pray together.
Father God, we just thank you so much for your grace. We thank you for uh, just how, Lord, you didn't leave out anything. You made a way for us to experience life and it abundantly. But it all started with your son, Jesus. Jesus, as we come to this table, we're coming to your table. Help us to be mindful of this moment of the amazing sacrifice that you made for us as we come to receive this bread, your life given for us. But also, Lord, we pray and praise you for the cleansing that you brought through the shedding of your blood. May you be glorified in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirit in our bodies today as we share this together. Bless these elements in this time, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.